good. Listen, I want to preach today just for a few minutes, just for a few minutes. Um, um, if you if you have your Bibles, you'll find me in the book of First Samuel, uh, the thirtieth chapter, the fourth uh, through the ninth verse. First Samuel, the the thirtieth chapter, the fourth uh, through the ninth verse. So so again, grab your Bibles. Um, uh, turn to First Sam, First Samuel, uh, the thirtieth chapter, the fourth through the ninth verse. I want to preach just for a few minutes. If you see me looking to the side, because my notes are right here. First uh, Samuel, uh, the thirtieth chapter, the fourth through the ninth verse, um, and and it reads like this: So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives. Uh, uh, had been captured, Anoyim of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmen. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking about stoning him. Uh, each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord. Somebody ought to say that. David found strength in the Lord. Then David said to Abnathar, the priest, the son of Amalekite, bring me the ephod. Abnathar brought it to him and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. This is God speaking. Pursue them. Uh, you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. You shall recover all. Now, I don't know who needs to hear that, but you need to know right now. The word of God for your life in this season is 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, the, the, the 3, 4 through 9. You shall recover all. I want to preach just for a minute, for a few minutes from the subject title, The Cost of Recovery. The Cost of Recovery. Can someone put that in the chat, text that to somebody, it's a loved one, to a friend, pinch the person sitting beside you in the room, just to, don't, don't pinch them, just turn to them and pat them and tell them the, <laughs> the cost to recovery, the cost of recovery. Let's pray. God, we thank you right now for being Lord over our lives. We thank you, God, that you do not change. But Lord, you started out in victory and you ended it in victory. We thank you, God, that you are with us, that you bless us, that you keep us, that you cover us. And so now, Lord, right here, God, oh, come Holy Spirit, Come, Holy Spirit, now surround us, God. Cover us, God. Bless us, God. Keep us as we go forward in your word and in your will. This we pray in Jesus' name. The people of God said, amen, amen, amen. want to preach, want to preach just for just for a few minutes. In fact, this might end. We've been in a season uh, and a season in a series on recovery. And so this will be the last sermon in that series. Uh, and this, and the title of this again is the cost of recovery, the cost of recovery. Again, you shall recover it all. Oh, I just, you know, listen, that's just the text and I'm excited already. That's just the text. You shall recover all. You ought to just thank God for the God of recovery. 
Thank God for the God that keeps us and blesses us and walks with us. The God that did not forget his promises to us. You shall, not you might, not maybe, not if Trump get it or Biden get it, but you shall recover all. We thank God for a God that has not forgotten his promises over our lives, for a God that has promised that we shall recover all. Amen. Okay, okay getting, getting, getting to the text, trying to, trying to stay calm. We got a long way to go, trying to stay calm. Okay, okay, so, so we are in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter. But I want to back us up to explain how we get here, because David has gone through some journey uh, just to get to this moment. Y'all know David, right? We we first met David earlier when he was just a boy. Um, he was a sheep herder uh, for his father, tending to the flock while his brothers were out fighting wars and doing things. Y'all remember David, uh, uh, there tending to the flock, was able to defeat the lion in the bear. David had built up some 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 monks. He, he kind of knew how to handle himself around the enemy using just his slingshot had defeated the lion in the bear. Y'all remember Samuel coming and blessing and anointing David, telling him he would be the next king over Israel. Saul was the first king of Israel. Samuel anoints David and tells him, you will be the second king over Israel. Now he tells them that, but David is still just a sheep herder, still there attending to the flock of his father, even though he's been been given a promise that God, a, a promise from God over his future and his destiny. Listen, I don't know who this is for, but you need to know David didn't drop his responsibilities as sheep herders when he'd been given the promise to be king, but David continued dealing with the sheep, protecting the sheep, doing what he was called to do until the appointed time that God would elect him to something different. I don't know who this is for, but don't drop what you're doing because your destiny has been informed. Instead, continue in what God has called you for, and God will open the doors necessary to bring you into the next level of your destiny and your purpose. You don't have to get on the track and start running now, but just know that if God promised you it is coming, you shall recover it all. David David continues in his ability to, to, to be a sheep herd. He continues to herd sheep until the day that his father calls him and tells him to go to the front of the line where a war is happening to feed his brothers, to check on his brothers because they are fighting a Philistine giant. David goes, David goes to, 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 to handle uh, the capacity for which he had been called to do, to check on his brothers, to give cheese and bread to his brothers. And while he's there checking and feeding his brothers, now remember now, David is still in the mindset of a sheep herder. He's still in the mindset of a shepherd. He's come to feed his sheep. He's come to take care of his brothers. And while he's there feeding his sheep, because he's still operating as a sheep herder, he looks across the boughs and sees there's an enemy. David, still operating in the mind of sheep herder, in the mind of shepherd, sees something that is likened to the lion and the bear he's already defeated. So David says, I know how to handle my enemy. Let me ha- let me take care of my sheep, then go deal with my enemy. David 
David goes to Saul and says to Saul, I got this. Don't worry about it. We, I know how to do this. Saul says to David, wear my armor. David says, I don't need that. That's not how we roll over here. All I need is what God has given me in my hand. I don't need to put on nothing new. I don't need to change up how God has done victory already. I know what works with God. It's about my relationship with God. It's about how God has used me. David uses the tools and resources that God has already in endowed him with to defeat his Goliath. Oh, listen, you don't need new armor. You don't need to change up. All you need to know is that God did it before, God can do it again. All you need to know is is that if you just stand firm and trust in God, you will see God do the miraculous in your life. Here is David with his slingshot and his three stones. He runs after Goliath and uses just one shot. Somebody say one shot. Type in one shot. David uses one shot and defeats Goliath. David, David is now the 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 the, uh, the, the uh, victor, and uh, now Goliath is the victim. David changes the positions where Goliath was coming to make the children of Israel his victim. David is now the victor, and Goliath is the victim. He changes the positions, and so Saul says, "Listen, you come work for me. You come lead my armies and lead my men." And so David. David does that, and for some time, everything is cool. But something happens in the relationship between Saul and David where Saul becomes jealous of David. Saul tries to go after David, and so David has to get out of Dodge. And so for 15 plus years, David is in the desert running from Saul, hiding from Saul. But while he is hiding and running from Saul, David is living amongst the Philistines. And while he is living amongst the Philistines, David hires himself out as a mercenary. David is out there killing folk and taking and taking uh, their, 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 their wealth, taking their stuff. David is out there handling business. He's built up his own army in the desert. See, he didn't just quit because he had to change positions. He assimilated, he changed to his, to his circumstances. He adjusted to his situation. Now that he's in the desert, David still has his own army. David is still out there fighting and defeating enemies that would come against them, still taking plunder and value, doing his thing in the desert while living amongst the Philistines. Achan, who is one of the kings of the Philistines, is hiring David out to go do jobs and come back. And so David is doing that. He's doing his thing. He's he's going and, 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 and bringing wealth back. He's defeating his enemies there in the desert. And watch this. When we get to to 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, while David is off defeating his enemies, while David is off conquering some stuff and doing some stuff, the enemy comes in the back door while David is going out the front door and takes all of the women and the children and the wealth and David's land in Ziglag and takes them from himself. So David, David now, 1 Samuel 30th chapter, is coming back from defeating his enemy, coming back to Ziglag. And what he discovers when he gets back to Ziglag is his wives are gone. Uh, all the other wives of the men are gone. The children are gone. All the wealth is gone. David comes back to Ziglag and finds out he's been robbed. 
how, how not only has he been robbed, but everybody else in the camp has been robbed. They took everything. They took the toothbrushes. They took they took the combs, the hot combs. They took the plates. They, they took the decorations. They even took the pictures off the wall. David came back and he had been robbed. There was nothing left there in Ziglag. And so David's men begin to look at him and they start questioning, like, hold up, bro. We, we were trusting you. We were following you. You are our leader. And yet, while, while we were following you, our, our wives, our children were taken into captivity. So they are talking amongst themselves about stoning David. David is surveying the scene thinking, I got to deal with this quick. And so David goes to the priest, asks for the ephod, which was the clothing of the priest, goes to God. David says uh, uh, to God, shall I pursue? And if I do, shall I overtake? And man, do I love how God responds. God says back to David, uh, uh, you shall pursue and you shall recover it all. Y'all know how the rest of the story goes. David goes and pursues, uh, finds the Amicalites, huh, defeats them there in their territory and brings back all the women and the children and all the wealth that they had stolen. But he does it because he follows the directive of God. He does it because he goes to God. And when going to God, David defeats his enemy. You shall recover it all. Three points, three points, and I'm done. Three points. And I'm done. Point point number one, God has given you a mandate to not just fight, but to defeat generational strongholds. Again, point number one, it's a long sentence. Somebody write this. Somebody write this. God has given you a mandate to not only fight, but to defeat generational strongholds. Not just fight them, but defeat generational strongholds. That's point number one. Point number two, point number two, point number two. Again, if if you're getting this right, point number two, your victory is dependent on your relationship with God. Your victory is dependent on your relationship with God. With God. Point number one, God has given you a mandate to not only fight, but to defeat generational strongholds. Point number two, your victory is dependent on your relationship with God. Point number three, point number three is simply this everything God does is big. Woo! We're gonna end on that one. Everything God does is big. We serve a big, 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 big God. Point number three, everything God does is big. Point number one, your mandate is not only to fight, but to defeat generational strongholds. Listen, listen, this is you need to understand. This is not the first time. Uh, uh, that we have seen the Amicalites. This is not the first time uh, that the children of Israel, David specifically, has had to deal with the Amicalites. In fact, in fact, if we just back up, we will see that the children of Israel, those who have been called by God, have been dealing with the Amicalites for over 500 years. Go back with me to Exodus 17. Exodus 17 is where Moses and Joshua are in the desert, and they have left Egyptian captivity. They are on their way to the promised land, and as they're walking 
walking towards the promised land, they are encountering enemy after enemy, fighting enemy after enemy. But in Exodus 17, you, you, you remember this piece. In Exodus 17, this is the part where Moses goes up on top of the hill and he raises his hands. And while his hands are raised with, 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 with Aaron and Hur, Joshua is down on the battlefield fighting. And as long as Moses' hands are raised, uh, the children of Israel advance and defeat their enemy. But if Moses' hands start to get weak, then all of a sudden the enemy starts to advance against Joshua. Y'all remember that text? And so, and so, and so Aaron and Hur came and helped hold up the hands of Moses so that Joshua could defeat the enemy. Well, listen, here's what you might not know. The enemy was the Amicalites. The enemy that Joshua was fighting back in the desert is the same enemy that David is fighting here in Ziglag. This is a generational enemy, but but, but I want you to hear what God says to Moses in the battle against the Amalekites in Exodus 17. God says this in Exodus 17 verses 14 and 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered to make sure that Joshua hears it because I will, somebody say, I will, I will. I will completely blot out the name of the Amicalites from under the the heavens. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner, or Jehovah Nissi. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amicalites from generation to generation. Oh, I need you to understand, church, that you are fighting generational strongholds. Now, the stuff that you are dealing with right now, the enemy that is coming at your gate right now is not a new enemy. Oh, please understand, your grandmother dealt with this spirit. Your great-great-grandmother dealt with this spirit. Your great-great-grandparents, listen, Camphor's 100 years old, right? We have been dealing with these strongholds, but God has given us provision. God has given us a mandate to not just attack, but to have victory. You need to know that the strongholds, the generations, those strongholds that we are wrestling with today, God has already assured the victory in him, that we have, that we can stand on Jehovah Nisi, the God who is our banner, that we will not be defeated by the strongholds we see, but instead, just like my daddy fought, I'm a fight. Just like my grandfather fought, I'm a fight. Just like my great-great-grandfather fought, I'm a fight. And we shall be victorious. We shall recover it all. Don't get scared when strongholds show up. Don't get scared when the enemy shows and rears his little ugly head. Don't, 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 don't get distracted or, 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 or think that you might be defeated, but know that just like your mama beat him, just like your daddy beat him, just like your grandparents fought and had victory, you, you too shall have victory against these generational strongholds. Don't be in fear of the Amicalites you see. God has given us victory even in this moment. There's a cost to recovery. You got to fight. But if you fight, you will discover we shall have the victory and we shall recover it all. I ain't worried 
about the strongholds. I'm not concerned with the Amicalites who are gathering outside the gates. I've seen them defeated before. I know how to fight now. And so I'm going to stand firm and, and courageous and knowing that just like God brought my family through, God's going to bring me through in this season. I shall recover it all. Oh, you need to understand we have been mandated not just to fight, but to have victory in this season. You shall recover it all. Okay. Okay. I need to, I need to calm it down. I'm sitting. I'm not used to preaching sitting. I'm starting to bounce. I need to, I need to calm down. I need to calm down. Listen, listen, point number one, you, you have been mandated. You have been mandated, not just to fight, but to defeat generational strongholds. These Amicalites you've seen before. Joshua, the, the distance between Joshua and David is over 500 years. The distance, the time between Joshua and David is over 500 years. And yet, just like Joshua beat him, David beat him too. We shall recover it all, right? But there is a cost and the cost is we must continue to fight. But if we fight, we fight with the mandate, with the mantle, with the assurance that we will have victory against the strongholds that we see. Point number one, you have been mandated. You have been mandated not just to fight, but to defeat your enemy. That's point number one. Point number two, not only have you been mandated to fight and to defeat your enemy, point number two, point number two, God's point, point number two, point number two, point number two, your victory is dependent. Your victory is dependent on your relationship with God. Your victory, your victory is dependent on your relationship with God. That's point number two. Your victory is dependent on your relationship with God. Listen, one of the things I love, I think David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. One of the things I love about David, watch this, watch this, T. Michael, T. Michael, watch this. One thing I love about David is that David likes to dress up. Right, I love I, I love that David David likes to go into the closet and pick out a new outfit. David know how to get dressed for the fight. <laughs> I like I like I like David. David don't just settle on one look. David got several looks. He come out he come out with with, with a couple of different options when it's time to battle. Right, <laughs> right. Look, 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 look. David, David, David goes. David goes. Wearing the armor of, of 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 being a sheep herder, carrying carrying just his slingshot, goes to battle Goliath. Saul tries to put his armor on David. David puts on the armor of Saul. Looks in the mirror and says, "This don't look right on me. I need to take this off." <laughs> David said, I can't wear, I can't wear your armor. It don't fit me the way I like to be fitted when I go up to battle. David, David changes outfits right there on the battlefield. David goes and defeats Goliath wearing the outfit he knows he needs to wear. David, David dresses for the fight. He, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't gonna put on nothing that don't fit him the way he like to be fitted. I like David, right? Not only does David change up when it comes to fighting Goliath, but we know that when David brought the armor, Brought the, brought the, brought the, brought the, brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. The text tells us that he danced out of his clothes. David couldn't even stay in the outfit he wore to go get the Ark when he got back to Jerusalem. David said, I got to change up again. I can't wear what I went to go get it with what, with, 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 with what I do when I get there. David liked to change his outfits up when he's doing and doing something new. Here in the text, here in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, when David comes back and realizes 
realizes and realizes that all his wealth, all his, his wives and his children and the folk have been taken away. David changes outfits again. He goes to the priest and David says to the priest, do you mind? If I put on your ephod, the ephod was the clothing that the priest would wear. It was the holy garments that the priest would wear. It, it signified that it was a priest, one who talked with God, one who was connected with God. David says, if I'm going to talk to God in this season, if I'm going to get a word to God, I can't do it in the clothing of a warrior. I need to do it in the clothing of one who has a relationship with God. And so David puts on the ephod because he he knows that wearing the ephod means that he has a personal relationship with God. David is wearing the clothing of the priest because he's talking directly to God. Oh, I want you to get it that in this season, your victory will be dependent on what you wear. It will be dependent on your relationship with God. Are you coming at God as a warrior? Are you coming at God as one who has relationship? David said, I need to put on something that represents my relationship with God. If if we're going to have victory in this season, it's because I open the Bible for myself. It's because I begin to read scripture and word for myself. I begin to worship worship God by myself. I started singing hymns by myself. I started writing down prayers by myself. I started getting into a personal relationship with God so that when he looked at me, he didn't see a warrior. He saw a priest. When he would look at me, God wouldn't see someone who, was, who, who wasn't apart, but instead God would see his son. God would see his daughter. David says, I have to change up my clothes so God knows I have a personal relationship. David puts on the clothes of the priest because it represents the relationship with God. In this season, beloved, in this season, if you will continue to see victory, if you will continue to recover it all, it will be because of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It will be because of your personal relationship with God. When he looks at you, he sees your ephod. When he looks at you, he sees that he is in connection and relationship to you. David says, I can't wear what I wore to fight when I come to God. When I come to God, I got to put on something new. I got to put on something that represents my relationship. I got to put on something that draws the attention of heaven. When we seek victory and recovery in this season, we must be in relationship with God. Oh, I want you to hear me, church. Point number one, you have been mandated. You have been mandated to not just fight, but to defeat the generational strongholds that you see. Joshua defeated the Amalekites 500 years ago. Now David is defeating the Amalekites today. Neither one of them was scared over the enemy they saw. You don't have to be scared over the strongholds you see. You need to know that if God gave recovery back then, God will give recovery today. Point number two, point number two, it's about your personal relationship with God. You can't, you can't, you can't go to war. You definitely can't go, go to God dressed like you've been to war, but you've got to come with a relationship. The ephod was representative of a relationship with God. What God is looking for in this season are some men and some women who know him by name. With God, where God is looking to give victory in this season, where God is looking to give recovery in this season are to his children who have called on him by name. You must know 
know God by name in the secret place, in your private time, in your time alone. You must be seeking and studying your word, spending time with God, being in silence so that when he looks at you, he sees the ephod. He does not see the clothing of a warrior. David said, I got to go do a do an outfit change. I got to wear what fits the situation that I am. David says, I got to go to God knowing that he has a relationship with me. Why? Because he does determined to recover it all. Point number one. Point, I'm, I'm almost done. Point number one. Point number one. Point number one. You have been mandated to not only fight, but to defeat the generational strongholds that you see. That's point number one. Point number two. Point number two. Point number two. Your victory is dependent, is dependent on your relationship with God. That's point number two. Point number three. Point number three, and I'm done. This, this is my favorite point. Point number three. Point number three. Everything God does is big. Everything. Everything God does is big. Everything. Your blessings, your victory, everything God does is big. Listen, listen, listen. So the other day, the other day, other day, took the family out. Went to, um, um, I, I think it's called Old Chicago's Pizza or Chicago. I don't know what, what the name of the place is. Um, but we, we went there to get some pizza. And so, y'all know I'm, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't eat cheese. Me and cheese don't. Me and cheese is my generational stronghold. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't get along. Right, right. So, so I get a little personal pain. Uh, pizza, uh, 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 no cheese, um, just just bread and, and um, the sauce. <laughs> Right, right, look, look, personal, sad looking pan pizza. Right, 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 right. The kids get their nice pizza, right? Ebony, Ebony over there, Ebony get a large pizza, right? And so she tells the waitress, um, just bring me a couple pieces and put the rest of it in a box, uh, because we're gonna eat on it later. And so I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there when she said it, and I'm thinking, man, here, here, here I am on my side with my little sad uh personal pan pizza with no cheese, huh, huh, just just dough and, and dough and, and um and sauce, and, and here she over here, huh, with her cheese flowing, uh, meat on it, all that kind of stuff, huh, and enough to last for later. And I'm thinking, man, ain't that how God does us? When God blesses us, God doesn't bless us with a personal pain size blessing. <laughs> Uh, God God doesn't send a personal pain size blessing, but when God blesses us, God blesses us with an extra large size blessing because God's blessings, God's victories are not just for us, but they're for us to share with other people. You need to understand that what God's about to release into your life is not just for you. It's not a personal size blessing. But what God's about to release in your life is an extra large blessing with all the toppings and extra cheese on it so that you might share with some other people. That's the way that God operates. I want you to hear it in the text. Here's what happens in the text. God God sends David to go fight and defeat the army of the Amicalites. And when he fights and defeats the army of the Amicalites, here's what David does with all the spoils of war that he received from the Amicalites. The text says this, when David reached Ziglag and went, uh, he sent some of the plunder, some of the spoils of war to the elders of Judah, uh, 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 to, to, to the 
to he sent some to Bethel uh, to 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 Ramathon Negev to Jatar. He sent some to to Arim. He sent some to Simathoth. He sent some to to Ethemia. He sent some to 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 Arachal. He sent some to the Jezreelites. He sent some to the Canaanites. He sent some to, to the Haran, to the Bor Asham, and to the Asphish. Listen, David sent thirteen different nations blessings based on the victory he just received against the generational stronghold that had been coming after Joshua and everyone in his line. David showed up. Not only did he have victory, but 13 other nations got to have got to have the spoils of war based on the victory that David got against the Amicalites. Why? Because whenever God does it, God does it big. How, how God is not giving you just a personal pain size blessing. The victory that is in store for you is not just a personal pain size victory. But when God does it, God does an extra large with all the toppings. 13 different nations got to be blessed, got to receive victory because David went and fought against the stronghold. If you would just stay in the fight. Though there is a cost to recovery, if you would just stay in the fight, what you will discover is that God will give you victory over the strongholds. God will improve your relationship with him. And that when God blesses you, God's going to bless you big. I'm telling you, when God does it, God does it big. But you got to stay in the fight. If you want to see the victory of God in this season, stay in the fight for you shall recover it all. Listen, beloved, I love you. I thank God for you. I'm excited for a season of victory, for a season of recovery that we're about to enter. But you need to know in order to recover it all, this it will be dependent that you fight and defeat the generational strongholds that are at your gate. In order for you to recover it all, it will be important that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in this season. In order for you to recover it all, it will be imperative that you know that when God does it, my God does it big. Listen, I celebrate the fact that we are moving into a season of recovery, but again, you need to know that God is not through yet. Don't stop praying. Don't stop your relationship with Jesus Christ yet. Keep worshiping. Keep reading the scriptures on your own. Keep going to God. Keep seeking God. Keep putting on the ephod. Keep being in relationship with God. Keep trusting God and know that when God does it, God does it big. Oh, listen, I thank God. I thank God that we serve a God that does it big. How he'll do personal pan size blessings with no cheese and just bread and sauce. No, but when God come out, God come out with all the toppings. He got sausage. He got bacon. He got, he got, I don't even know the toppings. I, I can't get them. He got the, what's the, what's the round? The pepperonis. He got pepperonis on his topping. God, when God does it, God does it big. I thank God for a God who don't do small blessings, but a God who blesses big. Listen. Listen, listen, I thank God for you. I thank God for this season that we're entering. But again, I need you to know that you have been given a mandate to not just fight, but to defeat, but to defeat the strongholds you see. They're generational. Your grandmother, your, your grandma fought with them. Your great grandparents fought with them and they defeat them. You can have victory. You can have victory, but you must fight. 
Number two, you need to know that in this season, in this season of recovery, in this season of recovering it all, it will be dependent on your relationship, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You got to wear that ephod. You got to wear the clothing of the priest. You got to remain connected to God in this season. And then as a bonus, you need to know that when God does it, as you recover it all, it ain't just for you. 13 different nations were blessed because David went to war against his battle. They, 13 different nations were blessed because David went to war against his generational stronghold. You need to know that when God does it, my God does it big. My God. Listen, I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Pray that you continue to recover. Pray that you continue to remain connected, to remain steadfast and unmovable when it comes to your relationship with God. I want to pray that in this season of recovery, I want to pray that, that, that you don't miss even an inch or an ounce of your blessing. I want to pray that you recover it all. Here is the prayer. Here is the prayer. God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, for Camphor Memorial United Methodist Church. I pray, God, for every member, every friend, everyone connected to this ministry, that, God, in this season, God, we shall recover it all. Oh, God, oh, God, give us discernment, God. Give us conviction, God, that we might seek after you, God, that we might know of your will for our lives, God, that we might be called to you, Lord, that you might show us, God, the next steps and the next steps, and that, God, we would take them, Lord, step by step. I pray, God, in this season, Lord, that you would set your hand upon us, that we would see victory in every area of our life. Oh, God, I come against generational strongholds, God. I bind every stronghold, God. I declare we have victory, God, over every stronghold, God. Victory, God, over every enemy, God. Victory, God, over every attempted attack, God, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, but instead we shall stand in your victory, God. It is so, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in this season, God, we declare it, God, to be a Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner season, God. This is a Jehovah over Nisi season, Lord, that we shall recover it all, God. Every enemy, God, be be aware that in this season you lose, for the Lord is good and the Lord is kind and his mercy endureth forever. Oh, God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, bless us, God. Cover us, God. Be with us now as we recover it all. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a cost to recovery. But if you trust God, beloved, you shall recover it all. Listen, I thank God for you. Um, please don't forget, don't forget to go to the website, camphorconnects.com, uh, to give your tithes, to give your offerings. Know that God is moving. I'm going to put out a letter this week. Um, I'm going to try to put out a letter this week um, just, to, just to talk about the ways in which uh, your giving uh, of your tithes and your offerings has been a blessing to the ministry and to the church. We are almost done paying off uh, one of the small, uh, the, the uh, small mortgage uh, on the church. And so my our, our goal is to have that paid off by the end of the year. And so we're able to do that through your tithes and your offerings and remain committed to community and benevolence and serving others. And so you, you might receive a letter this week um, about just some 
some of the ways in which your tithes and offerings have been used and have, and have been a blessing to our community, to our membership, and to paying off the mortgage uh, mortgages of the church. So, you, so you'll see that probably this week. And again, continue to give your tithes and your offering. We thank God for you. You can do that by, by going to camforconnects.com uh, or sending a check-in to, to, to the church itself. Um, uh, look for all upcoming information. Um, you'll find on campus website so you can go there to get all the latest on, on what events we, uh, we, we have planned uh, for this month. So you'll see that there as well. Uh, listen, I love you once again. I thank God for you. And remember in this season, uh, there is a cost to recovery, but you shall recover it all. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday, uh, same time, 10 a.m. Uh, 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 right here uh, uh, online. God bless you.